This is episode 20 of the Business Plan Podcast. My name is Brian Colvin. And I'm Renee Taylor. We are certified public accountants in Asheville, North Carolina. We started this podcast to answer the tax and business questions we get asked all the time. So whether you're listening to our podcast while working, riding your mountain bike, or just hanging in your hammock, we're really glad you're here. Hello. Welcome to episode twenty, the end of season two. And Brian and I, it are, is the Brian end. and I are in the throes of tax season. It kind of sucks. It is. It's it's a great day to be in business. And I just got back from a month in Colorado. I mean, is that cool you or did. what? Nobody knew that. It's very cool. It's Colorado. The, yeah, I know, right? But it was good. It was good. It's probably icy. I don't know if cool is really a good descriptive for that. Powdery, it's probably icy. Powdery. Powdery. Pow- oh, powdery. Oh, you ski you, you ski bunny, you. Snowboard bunny. Snowboard bunny. Board bunny. No, Board bunny. I love alliteration. Board bunny. Okay. Yeah. I'm more I'm more of a two ski mm-hmm. kind of a couple of poles and mm-hmm. really slow. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm not fast. I'm not fast. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. So what are we talking about, Brian? So today we're talking about season two. We're going to talk about some of the highlights from season two. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. A little a little review. Yes. That way, if you did listen to the past ep- if you didn't listen to the past episodes, then you can listen to this one and be like, oh. That episode, I, I should pay attention to that because I need to know what they're saying in that one. It's the cliff notes for the podcast. That's it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start, let's get into the weekly question. Dun, dun, dun. And I have, the, I have the question I have before me. What stock would you pick as a sure winner over the next two months? Over the next two Which stock months. would you pick? For a sure winner mm. over the next two months. Oh man, seeing as how my stock picking days are long over, that's really hard for me. To <laughs> and considering as how we have a new president in the country right now, the t- next two months could be interesting. What would I pick? You mm-hmm. know, it's hard to go wrong with Google. I'm just going to say the standard. I think no matter what, yeah. no matter what happens, Google always does well. So that's my pick. Easy, yeah. easy out. Yep. What about you? Me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. Oh gosh. Um, I might go a different direction. So, like a, a surefire winner. Pregnant pause. I don't. I pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I would probably go for some like outdoor kind of like you know Patagonia or something because everybody wants to get outside and have fun. I don't even think Patagonia is a publicly <laughs> traded company. I don't think they no, are. No, you either. have to pick a publicly yeah. traded company. I have to pick a publicly traded yeah. company. I know this sounds kind of crazy, but I would pick Chipotle. Mm, that's good. And this, the reason is, is because it's way down right now and they're having lots of troubles. Mm. And I think that their basis for their business is good. They just need to shuffle some things around. Mm. And I think they'll, they'll come back, but it's going to take a little while. So that's not, but that's because not of all months. those troubles, that's not two months. Two months. Well, I think they'll come back in okay. two months. All right. Let, let's place bets that's right my, now. That's my official answer. I'm going to make a little note right here on, on February yeah. 7th. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Chipotle. I'm going to look at it on, at the end of tax season, and we're going to see in it. We're yeah. going to see which one of us has made the better pick. Let's just do that. Yeah. <laughs> see who the yeah, winner see is. See who the winner is. We'll report back next yeah. season if we remember. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. Qu- yeah. I'm not quitting my business anytime yeah, exactly. soon. I'll tell yeah, you that. Same here. Same here. 
I, I'm much more of a kind of diversify, long hold kind of person. Yeah, I'm much more of a non-stock picking person. I'm much more of an e- ETF yeah. person. There, that, yeah. that's me yeah, too. Exactly. Awesome. All right. So let's let's get into the review. What was your favorite, favorite, most exciting episode, Renee? It's hard for me to say what was most exciting. <laughs> but I remember these things that I think were maybe important. I enjoy speaking about tax court cases. Everybody knows this about me now. And in episode um, 13, we talked, we used a tax court case of a fellow who was a um, production designer in Hollywood, self-employed. And um, we used that case to talk about whether or not he was an independent contractor or an employee. Um, So this is tax season, right? You might have gotten Um, a form 1099 from someone in the last couple of weeks. And maybe you're surprised by that. Or maybe you thought you were an employee. And uh, now that you got a form 1099, you're going to get hit with self-employment taxes. And that's a surprise to you. Uh, Or maybe you, business owner, gave a 1099 to someone and you should have given them a W-2, meaning they were your employee. So, the independent contractor versus employee matter is a very gray area and there's really no hard and fast rules. We gave in that episode sort of the three bullet points that the IRS uses to evaluate what someone should be classified as. And there's also the, de- the Department of Labor. They have a slightly different and more broad version of that. But this is about the time of year when you're going to be getting those forms or sending those forms, those form 1099 misc <laughs> form 1099 miscellaneous <laughs> to be yeah and so and you should have you should have just sent those out yeah, i mean they, um, they should yeah they should be out to people now and so like or or, or yeah. you would have received your own so right yeah, the, the, now's a good time to take, review yep, that information take a look at that maybe give a listen to episode 13 i also um have a blog post about that and i think i put it in the show notes for episode 13 um that kind of explains in detail what the difference between those two things are what about you? Yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah. Very informative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you? Cool. I think for me, I just, uh, uh, one of my kind of favorite topics is just budgeting and that kind of thing. Um, not that I'm horribly wonderful at it, but I think it's important. Maybe it's because I'm not good at it. I think it's an interesting <laughs> topic because I'm trying to get better yeah, at it. That's, right? that's good. That's good. So I really, I just, I like the, you know, the analogy, don't be a rudder, rudderless ship. Mm. So you need to have, you know, run your business with intention. Mm. Um, making sure that your spending is, you know, just not haphazard. You want to make sure that... Think about your plan, um, figure out what kind of expenses are going to get you to where you want to be, however that might be, maybe working less, uh, maybe growth, those kind of things. So whatever your intentions are for that year and plan your budget that way. So when you do your spending, um, it's going to the places that are going to help you reach your goals. Mm-hmm. Also, um, with goals, if you have a budget for sales, um, you know, that gives you some uh, kind of that mountain to climb. If you make, you know, good attainable goals uh, and it's, you know, coming up toward the end of the month and you haven't reached them, maybe you need to work a little bit harder to try to get them if you, you know, because that'll help you reach that bottom line that you need to to live on. Mm-hmm. So I think budgeting is very important. I like that episode. I think that was episode two. Yeah, episode so. two. And just as another little segue about budgeting, just a throwback to last week's episode, 
Uh, don't forget to include, um, again, this is like a tax heavy period of time for us. So pardon all the references to taxes, but <laughs> don't forget to include in your personal budget, uh, if you're self-employed, um, to pay your taxes. <laughs> That's an, don't right. forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And don't forget, you know, um, it's, it's your business and it's exciting to own a, be a business owner and things. But when you started this business, um, you're excited about it, but there's also those personal goals that you want. So you need that personal budget and that also needs to include those vacations and all those wonderful things you need to reward yeah. yourself with. Yeah. Um, so you need to figure out how much money, you know, what bottom line after taxes and such you need mm-hmm. to get to, to do mm-hmm. all those things. Mm-hmm. And then you need to budget your business's bottom line to be able to achieve those. Mm-hmm. So and that could be the, the mythical $16,000 a month that I've been talking about now all season. I don't know why. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's just a good, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun number. number. Why not? Yeah, exactly. 16,000. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. So that's it. What's your, well, what's your uh, second favorite? Because again, this is tax season right now. And so people are, people yeah. are getting forms and they're sending forms. And so let's imagine that you uh, are, an owner of an S corporation or a shareholder of an S corporation. So in the next few weeks, give, give your accountant some time because it's only February 7th, your, your form 1120 S your S corporation tax return is due by March 15th. And so your, your accountant's going to make that for you. And so we talked about in episode 14, the concept of a reasonable salary S corporation shareholders are required to pay themselves a reasonable salary. So when you get that form 1120 S from your tax preparer, take a look at line 12. That's the compensation of officers line. That's where your reasonable salary should be. And so then take a look at line one a, which is your, your corporation's gross receipts and then take a line, a look at line 13, which are your employee wages, if you have any employees. So that reasonable salary, line 12, compensation of officers, should be, you know, within the realm of reality. You know, we, Br- Br- Brian and I <laughs> talked about how maybe, you know, if you, what would you pay, what would you uh, pay your, what would you expect to be paid for the type of work that you're doing for your S corporation? And you might think about that relative to the amount of money that it's bringing in there on line one. If it's bringing in $500,000, but your line 12 is only 20,000, that's kind of unreasonable. You you know, you might be like, (laughs) dang, man, my company's making a bunch of money. I'm not going to do this work for free, which 20,000 kind of is. So that's kind of like the thing that the IRS sees too. They're like, hey, this person didn't pay themselves a reasonable salary. Yeah. So that's a that's a great thing because most folks that I give that 1120s to, it's kind of it's that flow through tax return, so it doesn't really have what you tax out or anything in mm-hmm. it, and you're not sure what to look at. Those are great mm-hmm. points. Look at you know your bottom line on that, what your wages are. Mm-hmm. And then what, you know, if you have the balance sheet, if you're, if they're making enough income to have, be required to have a balance sheet, know what your distributions mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. You can even know those without having to file it through the IRS, but you should know what your distribution is. Yeah, are. I mean, you should totally know that. But I mean, one of the simplest things, because you're, you're right, a lot of people look, don't even look at their tax returns. Let's, let's be right. honest. They're like, they expect us to make sure they're done right. And they're like, okay, I trust you. Here's your payment. Goodbye. See you next year. So, but you might, <laughs> if, if you're trying to sort of audit proof yourself or prevent, you know, pickles, uh, 
take a look at that return when your tax preparer gives it to you and look at line one, your, your total gross receipts, and take a look at line 12, your wages, your wages, not your employee wages, U.S. corporation shareholder wages. Are those, are yep. those reasonable? Is that in line with, you know, does it look right, basically? Um, yeah. And I know, you know, if your accountant's not asking you about those things, maybe your tax preparer is not asking you about mm-hmm. those things and they're just putting numbers down there that you're giving them. You should ask them why. And, you know, does this look reasonable? Cause the, the, if you're, if you're looking for that correct question to ask your tax preparer to see if they're, mm-hmm. um, thinking about your best interest, mm-hmm. that would be a good one. Just as you know, there's not a right or wrong answer, but if they don't have an answer or they kind of shrug their shoulders, mm-hmm. that might be a good signal. You might need to find someone exactly, else. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's so. That's my number two yeah. point, Brian. Do you have a number two point? That's a good one. It's a good. That was good. This is like a trip down memory I lane. Know, I know it's kind of it. fun. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So along along with the budgeting piece was just kind of the business plan. Um, having again, just setting setting up your business with intention. You need to have you know sit down and think about where you want to be, who your customers are. Um, you know, who are, who are your customers and how you can serve them better? What kind of things that you can do to help them be happier with your services? And maybe you can charge them a little more or get more clients or have them refer to you to other like-minded folks that are in the same kind of businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, think about your competition. It's a good time to kind of sit down, you know, if it's just that bar napkin, we kind of go over every once in a while. If you're having that, if you're having that business planning meeting at the bar, um, think about how you can differentiate yourself from other businesses. Cause, uh, if you don't, um, then, you know, you, you can always fear folks going to that other business because they're, maybe they're doing something a little better, but think about, you know, what are your, what kind of qualities does your business have that differentiate you from the other folks out mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. So, um, the other thing is just make make sure like your business plan is like are you happy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Does it I feel think like a I think this is like slog or a weird or right. Like we can get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we can get into all the kind of nitty gritty details. You know, what's my SWOT analysis? Yeah, you know, who are my everybody knows I hate who that can too. I really. Yuck. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, really I know, a great thing to put down on there. I mean, this is your, your life, your business. This is, you started this not because, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you wanted to, you have a passion. Um, but with that, make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of got your hand on the rudder mm-hmm. and you're seeing if, if you're happy and if you're not happy, if you're not just elated or maybe there's just what can you do to make yourself happier and more useful in the year and uh, have a more fulfilling business. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's thinking about writing down the five, 10 different things that you don't like doing in your mm-hmm. business. And as your business grows, start giving mm-hmm. those things away to other mm-hmm. folks. If it's, you know, you've been doing your own accounting because you're a small business, you've been using the Excel mm-hmm. sheet, but you just loathe mm-hmm. it. It's just not fun. Mm-hmm. Start writing that list so you can start getting those things to people who do enjoy doing it, do it well, do it quickly. And then you do what you do best and do what your passion is. Because as a small business owner, you have to remember that, you know, you can't do everything forever. We have to start off that way a lot of times because of money constraints. But, you know, start thinking about how you can change that over to someone else. So I think that's, I mean, that's, I think, you know, having some type of intention and business plan is really important and I enjoy the topic. So once again, I'm probably really not really good at it. <laughs> he, is, he aspires to be good at it. That's why he likes to talk I about it. I aspire. Yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm not an expert, but uh, I do, I dabble in it. So yeah, I like spreadsheets. Cool. <laughs> so I'm an accountant and I like spreadsheets. I, yeah. yeah. So like other people may loathe them, but I love them. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love them. I do. I, I like them. a good Excel sheet. Well, speaking of spreadsheets, yeah. I have this uh, recollection from episode 18 where we talked about record keeping and how important record keeping is uh, in terms of uh, substantiating your tax deductions. And we used two right. court cases, again, to... Uh, um, to elaborate on record keeping and, and one of the taxpayers in one of those court cases just kept a spreadsheet <laughs> of his expenses. And that is lovely and all in terms of tallying things. You know, you can use the sum feature in a spreadsheet to like sum the totals, but you can't just randomly fill numbers in there of like what you're spending money on. You know, you, you have to, you yeah, know, you have to have receipts. I mean, and particularly for things that are often looked at by the IRS, like automobile expenses, keep a mileage log, um, travel and meals and entertainment. We didn't talk about that in the episode, uh, but, uh, and again, I have like a series of blog posts and I can put the, put them in the show notes about the importance of record keeping for, uh, like meals. That's a big one. Like write down on the receipt, who, who you were with, what you talked about, what was the business purpose of that meeting, and then just either throw it in a manila envelope and file it away and just be done with it. And that way, if it ever comes up, you've got the actual receipt, the actual documentation for the purpose of that meeting. Or you can go to the greater lengths of like snapping a picture of it and uploading it to zero files or the storage thing of your choosing. But it just, this is another like sort of tax season kind of pertinent topic. You know, you're, you're filing your taxes right now and you've got a bunch of expenses. Just, it's really important to make sure that you can back those up with receipts in case it ever comes up with the IRS. Yeah. And if you do have someone preparing your taxes for you and they're not asking for those things, it's because... We don't, we're as tax preparers, we, we, we take your word for what's coming, what, what you give That's us. That's a really good point. So, I never, I do not want to see those things. <laughs> like, no, I, do, I, I do not no, want the I don't want to see them either. <laughs> I do not want the shoebox of but, receipts. Right. It's uh, what we use is an engagement letter or kind of our scope of services when you do a tax return. Usually it's written in there. So that three page legal document, they tell you about arbitration and things in stuck in there is, is going to be a couple lines about, you know, your backup is your responsibility. We're taking these financial statements or whatever on your basis that, you know, you know them, they're true, et cetera, et cetera. So just because your tax, you know, your tax preparer takes those things and makes you a tax return and says, okay, you know, everything's good. You know, you're getting a hundred dollars back and you know, you go, thank goodness. I didn't have to keep all those receipts. My tax guy, you know, the tax guy or girl, you know, did the return. Now I'm good. I don't have to do that. But that's, that's not true. You still have to have that backup in case you're audited. And that's where throwing in Brian's idea really of just throwing them in a, in a folder or whatever, and just label it 2016 receipts, stick it in a file cabinet somewhere or wherever, but that way you just have it and keep it for, um, you know, there's mixed, I, I, someone asked me this the other day, how many, how long do I have to keep my receipts? And I mean, technically only three years, but also the IRS can go back up to 10 years if they suspect fraud. So that's kind of a, kind of right. a mixed message. Um, you know, three years or 10 years. I of course would err on the side of conservatism and go ahead and keep them for 10 years and just, 
Yeah. Again, if they're just in a little manila envelope somewhere, it's not that big of a space issue, hopefully. But that way you've always right. got them. Because you'll have totally forgotten three years from now. I went to <laughs> Jack of the Woods to talk to Brian about the podcast. And I've just thrown that receipt in there. But I have no idea. If I didn't write anything down on it, I have no idea what I've done. So, you know, it's important to right. just take a moment, write, write the thing down, throw it in your envelope, be done with it. Yep, absolutely. You definitely want to do that. It's it's important to keep those records. And, you know, the credit card statements, if you're just thinking credit card statements works, they don't. Because they don't have the detail that a receipt has. And the IRS requires that you have the detail. Very good there. point. Very so, good point. Yep. I think the other thing we talked about in that episode is there's some per diem ways you can do things if you travel. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're if really bad at keeping up receipts, you might just want to pay yourself the per mm-hmm. diem daily mm-hmm. rate and write yourself a check for those travel. Mm-hmm. If you travel quite mm-hmm. a bit, it might be advantageous. So you can listen to the episode and learn more about episode that. Episode 18. Excellent. What else, Brian? Cool. Got anything else? I think I do. So in episode five, we talked about the income statement and the balance mm. sheet. So that's the one I that think everybody ignores. <laughs> the balance mm-hmm. sheet. Yes, absolutely. But we talked about why the balance sheet is important. And we you know most business owners, you know, myself and Renee included, we, we look at our income statements quite a bit just to see how the business is going, you know, how much we're spending on advertising. Are those office expenses going too high? That kind of how thing. How much money am I but, making? <laughs> How much money am I, that bottom line is somewhat important, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that we're getting those, those estimated tax payments Mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. on. But, um, you know, as accountants, um, the first thing an accountant will do is when you send, when you send them your QuickBooks or zero or whatever you've got, um, they're going to look at the balance sheet first thing before they look at the income statement. And the reason is, is because the balance sheet is your, 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 how you're doing on that one day a time. So what your bank balance is, what your loan balances are, what your liabilities, equity, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the truth statement because if those things aren't reconciling with what your bank statement actually is and what your loan payments actually are, then that means that the income statement has no truth in it because you've been categorizing things improperly. I want, uh, that's a really so, good point. Can I elaborate? Can I elaborate? And so like on the balance, on the balance sheet, there's, that's where cash is. So like, and by cash, it means like your bank account balance. So your business checking account is probably going to be line number one on that balance sheet. And let's just say at December 31st, you know, you've given that balance sheet or your, or your records to your accountant. And at December 31st, your bank balance says $9,500 on your balance sheet. But then you look at your actual bank account online and it's really only $8,500 or $10,000. In other words, it doesn't match what's on the balance sheet. What Brian is saying is that if that number is not right, then the things in the profit and loss statement, which pertain to your your taxability issues, those things are, are probably not right. Something's been misclassified. So that's like a a key key to look at that cash balance on your balance sheet at twelve thirty one. If it matches your bank, then woo, you're good to go. At least you know yeah. there's a degree of truth to it. But if it doesn't, yeah. then something's not right, and you, you right. want to think about fixing it before you do your taxes because you don't want to you know, pay too much or pay too little. Yeah, that's true. And also, so 
being zero users that we are, um, it's easy to see the two different numbers on our, our dashboards. So we have a bank balance and we have what the balance is in zero. And basically that's kind of what's outstanding or what deposits haven't hit the bank, what checks haven't cleared the bank. Um, so in QuickBooks, it's a little bit different. You got to look at your reconciliation um, reports to make sure that the states look at the statement balance line there and make sure they jive. Mm-hmm. But in zero, it's a little bit easier because it's on the dashboard and it's got two lines there you can see. Mm-hmm. And another important thing about the balance sheet is it's where your distributions, if you're a, uh, if your business is an S corporation or a partnership or a multi-member LLC, this is where you and your fellow partners, members or shareholders are going to record your distributions. Um, and that's just an important thing to keep up with. And your contributions, too. It's like, let's just say John gave $10,000 to the business to start, and and Sam gave $5,000 to start the business. Well, those things are recorded on the balance sheet, those original contributions. Down the road, when you sell the business or John wants to leave or whatever, that gives you, it's it's beyond what I'm saying here, but that gives you a basis to start to think about because you've, you've forgotten how much did John give? <laughs> how much yeah. did Sam give? You've forgotten. That's where you record those contributions and then also your distributions, that you, your non-salary mm-hmm. items. So so there's there's a lot yeah. to the balance sheet. It's important to, you know, you don't have to really know every detail, but, you know, give it an eyeball more than never. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, the, the you know, the, I think you pointed out during the episode, like the equity section is so important. You can look at the equity section and, you know, see how much money, you know, um, what your company's worth, mm, basically. Mm-hmm. And if, if you have negative worth mm. or positive worth, if you've borrowed a lot of money and you've been taking distributions, living off the company, and then that equity section's mm-hmm. probably going to be negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to realize kind of wh- how that, know how to get back to the positive side of Good things. Point. So yeah, keeping money in the company, how much money you, you know, retained earnings, mm-hmm. how much earnings you've retained in the company and not taking out as distributions. Um, that little equity section, there's a few lines on there. Um, just check it mm-hmm. out and be it's familiar important. with it. Don't forget about it mm-hmm. and your excitement to see yeah. how much money you made on the income statement. <laughs> All right. That's All it. right, man. I think we've, this was a pretty good season. I think we talked about a wide, Boom, that was season two. wide variety of things. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And <laughs> we look forward to, first of all, surviving tax season <laughs> and then, <laughs> and getting back to season three sometime in the spring. We don't know when. That's because, right. You know, first you have to survive tax season and then you have to go somewhere after tax season. <laughs> Eventually we'll record yeah. season three. It is a busy, it's a lack of mountain biking kind of time. That's right, and that is never good. Never good for Renee. That's never good. That's right. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to see you on season three. Bye. We want to give a shout out to our sponsors, which for now are our firms ReneeTaylorCPA.com and ColvinCPA.com. Please visit our website at thebusinessplan.co and sign up for our mailing list. If you find the show helpful, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave a review on iTunes. Everyone's business and tax situation is unique, so please don't act on the advice given in the podcast without consulting a professional. See you next week on the Business Plan Podcast.